Yo, I'm coming from that 3-6, so that's why I got them brains spinning. Ain't nobody using blinkers, we ain't good at lane switching. Better get a plane ticket, I ain't flying all you chickens though. Always shoot my shot, better swishing off the pick and roll. Dishing off the give and go, all my squad is driven so you can catch us on the road. Promise we- Rip City, are you listening? The Blazers are back and so are we. I'm Christian Gamalian, I'm talking with co-host Austin Caphammer and this is the Peeps and Plaid Podcast. The last NBA game took place over four months ago. My goodness, it has been a while, and we have a lot to cover. In this episode, we'll be discussing the NBA bubble, the Blazers' recent scrimmage games, which players are not playing in the restart, how much that's going to affect their team, how we like the Blazers' chances, and some other developments in the last four months. So just to get you up to speed, in case you're not already, the Blazers have an eight-game regular season to try to make the playoffs. They're currently in ninth place, three and a half games behind the Memphis Grizzlies. If after the eight game regular season, they're still in ninth place and four or less games behind the Grizzlies, then they will play a two game playoff where the eight seed only needs to win one game or the nine seed would need to win two straight games. The Blazers also have a slight chance to grab that eight seed and therefore have the advantage in a two game playoff, but that's not gonna be easy. Three and a half games is gonna be a lot to cover in just eight games. So Blazers have one of the toughest schedules in the league and the 10 through 13 seeded Pelicans, Kings, Spurs, and Suns are breathing down their necks. The biggest threat to the Blazers, I would say, would be the Pelicans, who are also only three and a half games behind the Grizzlies. They have a relatively easy schedule, and Zion Williamson is fueling an engine that is wreaking havoc on the league, at least before this COVID break. Not to mention the Kings are also three and a half games behind the Grizzlies, and even if the Blazers are within four games of the eighth seed, if they're in 10th place or worse, their season is over. So we're going to have to hope the Blazers show up ready to play from the tip, because in all reality, the playoffs start on day one. Now, the Blazers have played three scrimmage games to get back up to speed, and they lost all three. So uh, that's pretty discouraging as far as that goes. But first game was a pretty good game against the Pacers, where the, Bla- the Blazers basically... Played all their bench players in the second and fourth quarters, which was the main reason for the loss. The starters, for the most part, played in the first and third. Uh, It basically came down to, I think, one possession. Um, Gary Trent Jr. was chasing down a ball that was going out of bounds and was not able to get it in time. Game two was against the Raptors, and the Blazers kept it competitive. They started Nurk next to Hassan, which was crazy, and they lost a close one that probably would have been a win if Dame had played. He did not play in that game. And game three against the Thunder just today, Dame and CJ both sat out just to keep fresh, not due to injury, uh, maybe get the bench players a little more practice. And the Blazers lost in a high-scoring game where both teams shot around 50% from three and made quite a few of them. So, Austin, what are some of your key takeaways from these scrimmage games going into the regular season? Yeah, well, hey, uh, good to be back. Uh, hi, everybody. Hope hope uh, you and your families are doing well uh, during all these COVID crazy times and everyone's staying safe. You know, I'm, I'm certainly happy to be back and happy the NBA is back. I'm also thrilled that the NBA, Christian, uh, you know, we had discussed uh, here offline, you know, had, had came out and said, we have 300 plus players that are good to go. They, they don't have any, you know, they're yeah. not, they're not testing positive and, and they're good to go. So that's great. Um, I know when we had talked about it in, in the past, I think I'd mentioned, uh, uh, what's the tennis player's name again? DJ something. Uh, Novak Djokovic. Yes. Um, he had, he had held a tournament of some sort here in recent months when there was absolutely nothing in the sports world going on. So it was, it was almost hard to even miss in terms of sports sporting news. Um, and 
long story short, everybody who attended this amateur or I guess, you know, exhibition style uh, professional match uh, basically ended up contracting COVID. Um, so now we're seeing that happen in the MLB. Um, you know, I think, was it Tampa? And now I think Philly in the opener yesterday on the 27th. Um, today being the 28th time of recording, had to cancel their opening day games. So honestly, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm first and foremost happy that this is even happening in a semi-safe mode. Secondly, I'm happy Christian submitted to be in the crowd yeah. for this game. So I don't know. Did you happen to even see yourself on the virtual fans or what? Oh, no, no, no. It's coming up. It's it's the regular season game against the Grizzlies. Oh! So the very first one. I so... thought that was for tonight. No, it's uh, the 31st, Blazers' first real game back against the Memphis Grizzlies. It's going to be huge. If the Blazers win, they get to within two and a half games of the Grizzlies, so that's going to be wild. But oh my yeah, gosh. hopefully uh, my face is going to be on one of those screens. Uh, I got an email for it. I RSVP'd. I don't know exactly how it works, but hopefully everything works out. Dude, if I it's can, anything uh, like these scrimmage games, there were like a handful of faces, and I don't know if they were just like faces that like I, my eye had just gotten drawn to like for whatever reason, but yeah. um, like there were a handful of people that I definitely saw like multiple times. I was like that. Yeah. I was like, if that person is at home watching this game, which I'm assuming they are, like they are definitely freaking out right now. Like yeah, totally. Um. But hey, um, you know, back to you know how you had asked, what am I feeling about the games? I would say that some things are new, some things aren't. We just discussed Mario Hazonia before we got on this call. It's a little mm-hmm. bit new. This is, and I'm not even, gonna, <laughs> I'm not even going to give that too much breath. But it's a little bit new how much more confident he's shooting the ball and kind of what he's been doing. He 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 didn't end up with the best stat line tonight, but um, something that's not as new would be the Blazers' difficulty defending the three-point shot um and the third and final thing i'll say is it's all relative because like you said um you know starters right where's that where's where's that gonna come into play with dame totally yeah and and not even um not even just health um they didn't play in like the third and fourth quarters most of these games even even just cj and and the rest of them so yeah like in the regular season damian lillard was playing the entire first quarter almost every game i mean like that's just the first quarter but yeah. pretty much all the first quarter at least eight minutes of the fourth quarter uh in the scrimmage games he's played what like less than two whole quarters yeah so you know we're, we're gonna see something from him when he comes back that's for sure and and even when he was playing he was trying to give nurk and zach opportunities um on their first time back on the court so yeah. it's gonna be interesting to see when you know he's taking his shots and controlling the offense and i have to give my token blazers nurkic and zach are back uh you know opinion um i mean so good yeah very good i mean um i think i think it's really easy to forget not only as a as a nba fan but as a blazers fan too like what yusuf nurkic can do differently because it just doesn't It's their him and, and and Hassan are just completely you know they're converse players. One shows up in the box and one doesn't. Yeah. And that's not to say that the things that each of them do conversely aren't good as well. The things that you mm-hmm. know for 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 Nurse that do show up in the box. So, you know he had a twenty. What was yeah. it? The twenty twenty by twenty twenty five by yeah, five. Yeah. yeah. So I think so I think he shows up in the box every now and then. But yeah. Also, he shows up plenty. But, yeah. But, but also, he's not he's not chasing after blocks exactly, and stats. He's exactly. he's earning those stats. You yeah. know. So and then and then Hassan, you know, every now and then he'll he'll have a play that won't show up. He'll just have a good defensive possession, and that happens too. But um, you know, I think 
that's 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 those are the other kind of two takeaways. I'm happy that Hassan is back health wise, and I'm happy that you know in the immediate sense, and then I'm also happy that Nurkic. We knew that Nurkic and Zach were kind of there health wise for a while. Yeah. I'm happy that skill wise they've kind of just you know fallen back into in, in, into position. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I mean, Zach. I mean, in the first game. It was kind of more of the same, where he was getting rebounds and it was good to see, but I could tell he he wasn't super aggressive on the rebounds. That's something that we've noticed before. You know, Zach Collins wasn't a 10 or 11 rebound per game kind of guy. Uh, so we'll see if that progresses even in this season, but maybe in the in the next year or two if he becomes like an elite rebounder. Uh, but obviously his defense is there for sure. So some other things, I mean, Gary Trent Jr. has been showing up this this whole uh, mini preseason, these scrimmage games. On Gary both Trent, ends. Yeah, and and I mean, back to the, the first scrimmage game, he ripped that ball out of Victor Oladipo's hands. Uh, he looked confident. He hit uh, a pretty sick shot, dribbled behind the back, and then shot from three. So he's looked confident. He's looked great. Uh, Wenyan Gabriel has been playing amazing as well. Um, very encouraging to see that, that those guys can feel confident in what otherwise does not look so promising in a second unit. Typically. I watched I watched Wenyan Gabriel in today's scrimmage shoot a three. It was an ill-advised three. Someone closed <laughs> out. They blocked it. He caught the block. He drove in. He took the driving layup. It was contested. Missed. Jumped up again. Grabbed the ball. Put it in. <laughs> like Dude. bucket. I was like, oh so my good. gosh. That's like that's like something you do in twenty one. You're like <laughs> miss the three. You're like all right, I gotta get this. After you took too much pre workout. Exactly, <laughs> muscle your way in there. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been pretty encouraged. Anthony Simon showed up in the third scrimmage game. Uh, did not do so in the first or second. So, hopefully, he's in rhythm. He, he was saying, you know, he's taking the same shots. It's just they're they're falling now. So, hopefully, that continues in the season. We'll see how much playing time uh, players like him, Nasir Little, Wenyan Gabriel get. Obviously, uh, the starting five right now is looking like Dame, CJ, Carmelo at the three, Zach Collins at the four, and Nurk at the five. Uh, Hassan Whiteside coming off the bench. You know, maybe they'll mix it up sometimes and put Nurk and Hassan together. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, Hassan off the bench. Gary Trent off the bench for sure as a guard. Uh, after that, we'll have to see if they're running deep rotations or if they're sticking to just like Wenyin or Hazonia or Anfernee. Um, but I, I'd expect a 9 to 10 player rotation I was pretty thinking, regularly. I was thinking about this, Christian, the other day. You know, obviously not, you know, out of the gates at the beginning of a game, but, you know, just when we're staggering minutes through like the second and third quarter maybe. You know, how do you feel about potentially kind of just pairing CJ with Hassan and, and, and Dame with, with Nurk? Because I feel like firepower-wise, it's sustainable. It's more than sustainable. I think the Blazers haven't really struggled on offense. And I watched yeah. CJ run with Hassan in the second scrimmage. I can't remember. Who were they playing? This it was Pacers were the first. OKC was the third. Or am I... uh, Raptors were the second. Yeah, yeah. And I watched CJ running against the Raptors with Hassan. No, Hassan wasn't back yet. Yeah. No, Hassan wasn't back yet. No, no, he wasn't. Oh, my good. goodness. Oh, wait, 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 Hang on, hang on. No, he was. He was? That's when That's when Nurk and Hassan started. Okay, okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. Okay, so my, my, my yeah. memory is serving me correctly. But they were they did fine because CJ CJ's not Dame Dame is a pick and roll not even just when he's dishing to Nurk right like yeah, he's a good pick and roll guard and and Nurk yeah. is a good pick and roll center and then yeah. you know CJ is a good ISO guard and yes, and Hassan's sure. a good 
kind of ISO. Okay, now you missed that shot, CJ. I'm right here. I'll put it right back up. You know, that's yeah. So we just got to make sure they're positioned right because yeah. that that's the thing we've seen a lot this season where it's Dame, CJ, or Carmelo taken early in the shot clock ISO three pointers or deep twos with no one there to rebound it. And it's like, all right, we, we need someone there. Like I understand it's it it kind of screws with the ISO if if you know someone's on your side of the court, but if you're gonna be taking that many iso shots you're gonna need someone there to rebound especially when you have elite rebounders who can put it back so we'll we'll see if if he can position them well for that um that's one thing in in coaching that i'd like to see is is better positioning on the iso and and like you said maybe having a good pairing where cj's leading the second unit because i've heard some people say you know cj's not dame he's he's not meant to be a point guard and all that cj is a more than capable point guard he he hasn't had you know enough experience mind you as the point guard the lead of your team and he's not gonna do the same things dame does or do the things dame he's does more than capable well. but he's more than capable as a starting point guard in this league so he is absolutely capable of leading the second unit um so i would love to see yeah if if there's a good pairing of like him and hassan i mean it would be great if somehow wenyan stepped up and and he you know, there was a good four big man rotation similar to, like we've said quite a few times, Zach Collins with uh, Ed Davis back in the day. Yeah. If they find, like, you know, Hassan and Wenyan play really well together mm-hmm. or something like that, that would be really good to see too. I would be, I would be a little concerned because considering the, the skill set, I think Hassan and Wenyan would work a little bit. Well, Hassan's, man, he's actually a little bit of a shooter though. He had it. He, he shot a three today. He missed it. Uh I think yeah he, he, had, was he, he pulled up at three. the top of the top of the key though I think against the Raptors yeah I mean like pretty much anyone on the Blazers can make a three pointer like they have I wouldn't want Hassan Whiteside shooting regularly uh, he does make some long twos uh, like a lot of them that I don't expect to go in will go well in. I guess because because Yusuf hit the three the other day right yeah and he was one for three today okay so. And then I, I just feel like he and he and Zach could probably stretch the floor a little better. So uh, then then Hassan and Zach the, or Nurk and Zach. Nurk and Zach could probably as a tandem yeah. stretch the floor a little bit better than Wenyan yeah, and, sure. and Hassan. So um, I just I guess at that point the mm. backcourt would just become that much more important in terms of who's who's spreading the floor, who's who's producing some shot quality. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Like, that starting lineup should keep the ball moving. I mean, the, the pick and roll is going to be huge, of course, but to have some ball movement, maybe, you know, actually just moving along the three-point line or something and having multiple options, and, you know, they, they go to close out on someone who's about to shoot, and then he passes it, and that guy's wide open. So Let me... that could work with, with Nurk and Zach Collins as opposed to having, like, Wenyan and Hassan to muscle up for rebounds on ISO plays. That could be interesting. And and if next year, if the Blazers still have Carmelo Anthony and Hassan Whiteside, if you have, like, you know, your starters are your starters, but then later you have a unit that's, you know, Carmelo and CJ and Hassan so that Hassan can get the rebounds on those ISOs, whereas Dame, Nurk, Zach, and, you know, Ariza or Hood. So, yeah, different different options. Oh my gosh, I forgot we there. even had Trevor Ariza and Rodney Hood. Can you imagine if we had both of them right now? Dude healthy i i seriously think that you know oh i'd put two hundred dollars i'd put two hundred dollars in vegas on that hands i down. would too yeah i would and, too, I, and if i and sure. if i lost that i would i wouldn't even sweat it no i was i was gonna put 100 down on the blazers to win the championship 
until they found out Ariza wasn't playing. That defense is going to be huge. That's something we've talked about. Ariza is the guy you know is going to guard LeBron, Giannis, Kawhi Leonard, or Paul uh, Paul George. Gosh, why did that name sound weird in my head? Paul George! Um, Paul George, two first names, that's why. Uh, so he's the guy that's going to do that. I'm not saying he's going to do it crazy well, but he's shown that he can, and... You know, when the Blazers beat the Lakers on Kobe night, you know. Uh, that was messed he up. Guarded LeBron that was well. messed up. I, wow, you just really made me remember that. We really beat the Lakers in LA after Kobe died. And Dame showed up. Damn. And that's the thing. Everyone in the league was showing Damn. up. Everyone in the league was doing it for Kobe. And Dame showed up. The Blazers showed up. Lakers obviously showing out too. Oh, uh, but, you know. Hey, weren't there... Dame powered him over. I think I saw, and this could have been some... Uh, I shouldn't say this as technically being a blogger slash podcaster, but this might have just been some blog news, but uh, <laughs> Anthony Davis, fake blog, crappy blog. That's what we'll say, crappy blog news. Right. We're not crappy blog <laughs> over here. Uh, they, I think they saw, like, they were, like, you know, some, some nicely Photoshopped font on top of a nice professional image said something like, Anthony Davis might not be playing or something like that. And I was like, no. This is probably crap. What? <laughs> I was like, this is probably crap. But I mean, I, I mean, did you? Can you? Can you confirm or deny that? Have you heard anything health wise about that? I, I uh, otherwise, I have not heard any um, real substantial news regarding top contenders in the West, aside from like Lou Williams needing to extend his COVID quarantine with the strip club visit that he had. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, what I'm seeing, Anthony Davis could miss the the opener. But I don't think he's missing extended time, you know. Oh, okay. We'll, is that what it was? We'll see. Yeah, I mean, what is? What are they, what are, I don't even know what his injury is. I think it's an eye injury. Let's see. But uh, <laughs> what? yeah, Lou Lou Williams. Let's yeah. So Davis was poked in the left eye. Um, so he might miss a game because of that. Anyway, Lou Williams is. He's like you know everyone knows where I like to eat. This is my favorite food in the world. And all this, and it's like, okay, dude. Even if that's true, no. don't go there. It had nothing, it had nothing when to you're do. in the NBA. Bubble. First of all, I, I never, I've only been to one strip club in my life, and I can tell you something. Mm. I don't think they were ever enforcing enforcing social distancing. Oh my god! At that establishment. Secondly, my um, he met Jack Harlow or some rapper who. Uh, I just there's new on the scene and now I'm getting old and I'm now I'm one of those like mid twenty year olds that's like oh I don't know it's hot now I'm getting so old okay well yeah well that's me now and I guess the guy Jack Harlow is who he he featured Lil Wayne and Travis Scott or whatever on this recent mm. track um, that's who we met so so no no Lil Williams you weren't there for whatever dish or cuisine you <laughs> for were for some chicken no, wings or whatever he said yeah no yeah you you were Gosh. you were there to kick it with some celebrities and hang out with some strippers and that's okay that's why you're playing in la yeah. and not in portland oh my gosh <laughs> anyway yeah so that's ridiculous i don't know what lou williams was thinking but that brings us to our next topic, I suppose, which is who is not playing in the NBA restart? Apparently, Lou Williams is whenever he can, but not at the start. And Anthony Davis might miss a game, but he'll be there the rest of the time. Some other things. The Pacers, originally, Victor Oladipo was not going to play. I was very annoyed when he showed up at the first scrimmage, and I was like, what the heck? Where did he come from? Like, a lot of cadavers. He said he wasn't even going to play. 
I was, I was, whoa, you're trying to kill oh, him? Wait, Dang. Yeah, wait, no, never mind. <laughs> that is the killing curse. Uh, Alakazam. Um, <laughs> Alakazam. All right, back. Pokemon. No, you're right. All right, uh, but he's back, and he's playing. And I was like, shoot, all right, if he's not playing, the Pacers are the team that you want to face in the Eastern Conference playoffs because they're not going to go far. But with him back, they can go further. And then DeMontis Sabonis is out with plantar fasciitis. I don't know how to say it, but he has it. And he's out of the bubble, and it's possible he could come back, probably only in like a deep playoff run, but it's possible he could come back. Uh, but I'd say I doubt it, and What's I'd up with say Miles if Turner? I am... Is he still there? Is he, is he yes, he is. doing well for them? Did he do well for them against us? You know, that's what I wonder. Last season, I had predicted he was going to be the most improved <laughs> player. Uh, he was not. DeMontis Sabonis was in the conversation, and, and so DeMontis Sabonis has you kind were close. of... close. Same yeah, team, right? same uh, he, He's led the... <laughs> He's led the conversation for the Pacers' big men. So I think Miles Turner just has not been showing up quite on the level that they hoped he would. Uh, I still like Miles Turner on the whole, but, you know, I haven't watched him all that much. Uh, so the Pacers are still a decent team, but if I'm in that 3-6 through six range in the Eastern Conference, that's Boston, Miami, uh, well, Pacers, and 76ers, I am going to try to face the Pacers in the first round, personally. I do not want to face the 76ers. Do not want to face the Miami Heat. Uh, I'll take the Pacers out of all those. Next off, the Wizards. So, as far as this bubble goes, there are 13 teams in the West trying to get eight playoff spots, nine teams in the East trying to get eight playoff spots, just based on where the standings were at the end of the previous regular season. The Wizards have no chance. They're way too far behind, and Bradley Beal is sitting. They're basically a bunch of, uh, you know, <laughs> I'll just say mediocre NBA players. They're all <sighs> infinitely better at basketball than me, that's for sure. But they they have no star players. Wall is out still forever. Uh, Beal is out. Is, hey, they have no chance. Hey, question for you. A friend asked me this on 2K last night. He said, is John Wall out? I said, I'm not sure health-wise what his status is. Um However, I know Bradley Beal is out, I think, obviously, due to health, yeah, yeah. As and some others are, uh, Wizards-wise. And I thought that John Wall had just, at this point, after being one of those guys, almost like Olin Depot, who had been injured for so long, just said, you know, we, we really legitimately don't have a shot here. I'm, I'm just not going to even throw my hat in the ring. But is yeah. is he—I guess my, my question is, is he physically—is John Wall physically healthy right now, or is he just not playing? I believe I've seen him dunk in workouts. I'm looking at what Scott Brooks, the coach in D.C., has said. Uh, he said he's training down in Miami. He comes back to D.C. Uh, back and forth. He texted with him two days ago, and he's in a great place. He has a great program working out, getting his rehab. Body looks great. Uh, so I think he's pretty much good to go, but considering situation. what the season well, is. It, sounds like, yeah. it also sounds like, uh, like, like maybe, maybe he's like, he could go right now, but even even if things were normal per se right now, like it would still still technically be pushing it. It sounds like from those headlines. Yeah, I'm, and and you know the 76ers, they like to let all their rookies sit for a year before yeah. they play them because they're you know quote unquote injured. So the Wizards are probably doing the same thing, trying to get a slightly better draft pick maybe, um, and and not trying to risk it. But John Wall has said 2021. Him and Bradley Beal are like 
best backcourt or you know one of the top backcourts. So his eyes are certainly on. That's going to be a Westbrook Kevin Durant situation. That's watch it, watch it happen because Bradley Beal has completely flourished in his absence. Oh, that's for damn sure. I think he's absolutely. Bradley Beal went from being a star All Star to a. I think I think a lot of people will tell you he's probably uh, superstar. I don't know. I don't know. He's definitely. I love. I Bradley think he's Beal. fantastic. I mean, his great. defensive rating to me is, he's, is next to Harden. Yeah. He's the worst, one of the worst defensive like star players in the league. But you know, he's yeah. But his offense is there. <laughs> to me, he's he's like between Dame and CJ. Like he's a little bit behind Dame, minus all the playoff yeah. success. Yeah, you know, um, kind of like Devin Booker. But shoot, I don't know where they stack up defensively. Devin Booker versus Bradley Beal, but. They're pretty similar. They're both guys who put up tons of points and did not make the All-Star team, which is just crazy. Um, So, anyway, Bradley Beal's not playing in the restart. Wizards are not playing in the restart. (laughs) Not very well, at least. Next, the uh, Brooklyn Nets. You've heard of them? maybe. I might actually even be a starting center who's already won two championships for them in 2K. (laughs) Dang, nice. Well, their players aren't playing in the restart, at least not Kyrie, KD, DeAndre Jordan, Spencer Dinwiddie, Torian Prince, or Wilson Chandler. So, good uh, luck, Brooklyn. Mom, where'd my friends go? <laughs> Am I supposed to do something with this basketball? <laughs> yeah, no, that's not good. That's not good. So, uh, but, I mean, hey, we talked about that. Christian, by the way, uh, if you're still listening at this point, Christian and I... Uh, had had given a, a first go at this uh, like like a couple days Uh-oh, ago. Oh, you're telling and, him. <laughs> spilling the and, beans. And due to technical difficulties, it didn't work out. But I had accused Mr. Kyrie Irving uh, of you know, mm, and maybe I should maybe I should temper this opinion a little bit because he he did because he did season it with um, some social justice in there. He said you know now is not the time and you know as an ally I have to say well you know that's your opinion and, and you know I have to respect that opinion but um i think to some degree knowing that kevin durant wasn't going to be there this year and you Mm -hmm. know i I, i'm not i'm not clear on all of those absences but i'd imagine that at least one or two of those absences is not just like opting out like there's probably a variety of reasons why these guys are missing um i think i think Kyrie probably didn't want this whole COVID tournament to go down because he knew it wasn't going to be fruitful for their organization. And he... Yep. Yeah. And Hey, on top of that, when was the last time LeBron won a championship? Was it? I don't want to... 2016 with Kyrie Irving shooting a you know yeah, clutch yeah. three-pointer so uh that that's one thing to his legacy that he doesn't necessarily want to see yeah. change is lebron winning another championship without him yeah <laughs> not saying that's that's actually what's and you motivating know, and, him, and, but. and i in in as a blazers fan you know i got it i got it i got a stack dame there on the hierarchy of point guards right above him and westbrook you know and then respect curry um but i will tell anybody that Kyrie Irving was was just as much of a piece of success in that in that championship run, as as yeah. Oh, and I and, sure. and I and I actually, I can understand if there is any uh, uh, bad blood there. I understand that because he was. I, yeah. They've they've done all these replays since lockdown and all this stuff has been going on. I watched one of those games, and it was unbelievable. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Oh, I I was twenty sixteen was a magical year in sports. Let me just say that. 
pretty much everything that happened, I was like, what universe are we in? Like, the Cubs won the yep. World Series, the Cavaliers won the championship in seven games, coming back 3-1, first time that's ever happened, against the 73-win team Golden State Warriors. It was insane. On top of that, Kobe's last game, it was Kobe's last game and the Warriors' 73rd win on the same night. It was a magical year in sports, that is yep. for sure. Uh, and... Man, that that 2016 playoffs was insane, and on top of that, Cavs wouldn't have won if Draymond Green did not, you know, keep on kicking people in the nards. Oh my gosh, I That's forgot for all sure. about that. <laughs> got suspended for like oh two or three gosh. games. I think it was two games in oh the finals. If he doesn't get suspended for those, the I Warriors win. I remember that. I remember. That's where that three-one lead goes. That. That's why I like as much as I love that the Cavs won that. I I think it was you know the greatest. As much as I love that, I am all for severe fines and next season suspended games. Oh, yeah. You don't do that in the finals. For current playoffs. You don't do that in the finals. Like, to, sus- to suspend someone from NBA finals game. Like, if you're like, you know, okay, I'm going to, you know. If you're making threats to what you're going to do to people in future games or something, that's one thing where it's like, hey, if he comes on the court, he might, you know, just not even you know, thre- Man, not even LeBron. threats. I would say you would have to be... On some Ron Artest, uh, Detroit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in the exactly. Palace. You'd have to be on some swinging like stuff for yep. me to be like, okay, this is this is heinous violence, outward violence <laughs> that is like cannot yeah. be televised. You're you're done. You like get off the court. But like, you know, it was just dirty. It was just dirty. Whatever yeah. Draymond did, and he wasn't he wasn't backpack Draymond back then. He was actually making the three balls. So, you know, he was he was oh, valuable. I mean, he was killing back then, that's for yeah. sure. I mean, there were 73-win team, and Harrison Barnes was the starting three. So Damn, damn, you really just did Harrison Barnes like that? I, I mean, I like Harrison Barnes, but, like, they had Kevin Durant, and they didn't win 73 <laughs> games. Like, they had Harrison Barnes starting, and they won 73 games. That's how important Draymond and Clay and Steph Curry were. Oh, Andre Iguodala, of course, was very good that as well. That has me crack it up. Man, shout out to Harrison Barnes. I really like his... I, which, by the way, in our scrimmage episode, I dragged this out, but I'm just going to say it real quick because I think it's wild. Top five players in the league as far as the wins that they have gotten in the last decade, so like actual games that they have played and won in the last 10 years. LeBron James, number one. couple of, uh, you know, OG OKC yeah. players in James Harden and Kevin Durant at three and four. At five, Andre Guadalla, which makes sense. He was on, you know, those uh, Warriors teams and some other playoff teams. And, you know, probably the biggest thing is uh, durability, that you're actually playing in games that your team wins. But number two just kind of blows my mind just in that company, in Serge Ibaka, which obviously he was also OG OKC. And that is a great segue. Crazy. Back to our Portland Trailblazers, given that the the only— heated exchange in these bubble scrimmages had occurred between the Yusef Nurkic and Serge Ibaka in that second scrimmage. They got in each other's face, and it was kind of funny because Lamar uh, heard it was like, oh, well, Yusef's back. Oh, he's back. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, he's like, this is what he does. Like, Yeah, so he's just really be, And it's kind of funny because I, I don't think Hassan is really like that. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Hassan was really ever like that. But I follow Hassan on social media and stuff, and I like I know that like Hassan is one of those guys that like you would not want to mess with. Yeah, like but he's he's a goofy dude. 
Yeah, he's a goofy guy. But, like, Yusuf is, like, you wouldn't expect it from how you watch these interviews, but this dude is always, like, on heads. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yusuf has something to prove every time he gets on the court. You know, he's like, he came to Portland. He's like, I want to show you that I'm a starting center. And, you know, like, obviously Dane believes in me, but denver didn't and i'm ready to show you so it's like so his dad was a his dad was a 400 pound cop yep i know i know this is not like you know an unknown story for any like you know diehard blazers fans out there but i got buddies down here in arizona that listen to this yusuf nurkic his dad was like uh was he seven was he a seven footer was his dad a seven footer i think he's something like six eight six nine okay 400 pounds cop in 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 bosnia yeah is it bosnia Bosnia and And, yes and um basically someone a scout had approached him you know just by luck being in this game watching his son play and was or or saw him and was like do you have a kid or something like that and like well it's a little better than that he was beating 14 people in a fight his dad and yes he has seven oh (laughs) yeah he's in like a bar fight and then the guy was like do you have a son or, or, or a kid or anything? And he was like, yeah. Yep. And he introduced him to his kid. And was, was Yusuf already involved in basketball at that point? Or did he, like, steer him in that direction? Did the, did the scout steer him at that point into, the, into that direction? I don't think he was playing. I'm looking at, at an article. It's Yusuf Nurkic says, he looked at me, and I was normal size. And he said, that kid is going to be in the NBA. We all just smiled because it was crazy. It says, back then, Nurk had never played basketball before crazy he was i think he was 14 at the time no no, no. the 14 is what i'm seeing from the amount of people That's his crazy, dad beat man. up uh <laughs> how old is I just, he i don't know I, how old. okay so while, while christian looks up this little fact here whenever i hear about athletes that got like a late start and this is purely just a time this is this is purely a timing thing of just like when i was living in the world um we were i i i i, I was lucky enough to watch the seahawks play the uh denver broncos and the broncos had julius thomas or julius something at julius a tight Tom- end. yep julius thomas and guess what when i was watching that super bowl they said this man was playing basketball at washington state and was a senior yep and they picked him up and put him at tight end as a senior in college yep that's what and they do was- with tight ends though if they got he the was, hands and the height, yeah. Dog, he was in the Super Bowl. Dude, crazy. What? And, like, like had a breakout season. Like, not just, yeah. like, a tight end. He was great for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But, like, yeah, Tony Gonzalez, so, former basketball. Uh, Jimmy Graham, former basketball. You know, all that. It's yeah. they pick. I mean, them. then you watch, then you watch like Tyson. I was, I guess, a slam posted like Tyson Chandler highlights the other night, and I was like, okay, well, yeah, like that's gonna happen. Yeah. Like, if I go and play pee wee football right now, like <laughs> I'm gonna score a couple touchdowns. But he was getting up. I was looking at those Tyson Chandler high school highlights. Like his head is above the rim. It's crazy, dude. At seven foot, that means your arms. Of are course, all his head was above the rim. Well, his head was above the rim, just standing there. That's, that's a three foot vertical on a seven footer. That's crazy crazy that's fair that's fair that's crazy but anyway the uh uh i was just thinking about tight ends what was i thinking about i don't know oh yeah lebron james okay you look at rob gronkowski i'm not trying to take away from rob gronkowski also i'm not an expert in anything but when i look at rob gronkowski and see how he carries people on a football field he's running with the ball and no one can stop him 
tell me that LeBron James would not be that good or significantly better and just the greatest tight end ever. Tell me yeah. he would not. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, he would just he would definitely just have to get like a lot more like meat on him. Like just I don't like, know. Well, well, here's the thing. Are we talking about my Okay, we've gotten so so off track. Where at this are point, we? But but <laughs> are we talking to, in, in the sense of LeBron James playing tight end? In the NFL, um, Miami Heat, LeBron James, yeah, just go for it right off the bat. He's good. Just put him in the NFL. Put him on any team, right now or like Cleveland, LeBron. No, bro, he's he's lost so much weight. He's lost so. He's I don't so know. He's now. pretty dang yoked. I mean, dude, he would get cracked. He would get, get cracked by by I don't know who's a who's an outstanding safety in the NFL. Right Jamal now. Adams to the Seattle Seahawks. Let's go. Yeah, talk about that. He's he's extra. I don't want no Hollywood dude oh. in, in in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> dude, I don't care. I'll take it. He's Hollywood. I mean, we got Jadavion Clowney. He played well enough. Man, put his ass in L.A. This, that's not gonna work out well for the Seahawks. Just watch. Okay, what do we need to get? What do we need to tell these people in our closing uh, minutes here regarding the Portland Trailblazers? That all the best athletes in the world are in the NBA because if LeBron and Giannis were tight ends, they'd be the best ever. Anyway, um, as far as the bubble goes, the teams that are playing, this I just want to kind of like tier the teams so so we're seeing what we're looking at here. There's some teams that just do not belong there. Those are the Wizards. Bradley Beal is not playing, like I said. The Spurs, LaMarcus Aldridge is not playing, and they're far enough outside that I don't think they really have a chance. Suns, even further outside than the Spurs. Pretty good team, got some energy. Maybe that'll help them, but they're not going to make it to the playoffs. And if they were to, in some miracle, they're not going anywhere with the Lakers in round one. After that, you know, the Kings are, you know, they're an okay team. Obviously, they're right there with the Blazers, so I can't talk crap about them. Uh, Also, three and a half games behind the Grizzlies. So, yeah, I still don't think they're going to do anything. Pelicans and Blazers are the two teams that are fighting with the Grizzlies for that eight seed. Um, Like I said, obviously, something else could happen. But I think that either one of them probably has a better chance at getting the eight seed than the Grizzlies. Not to discount... That John Morant is amazing and has, you know, one of the best rookie seasons for a point guard we've ever seen. Uh, And they have a pretty dang good team. Other than that, I still like the Blazers as a team better. Um, Obviously, I'll take Dame over John Morant. Uh, Pelicans have a lot of depth, a lot of really good players that are good at specific things and good at multiple things. Um, The rest of the teams that are already in the playoffs, let's go from the top. Serious contenders, Bucks are my number one to win it all. They're going to have an easier time going through the playoffs than the Lakers, Clippers, or Nuggets, or anyone in the Western Conference. Uh, And they're crazy deep. I mean, they got Brooke Lopez getting more blocks than he's ever gotten uh, in a season, you know, averaging more. Robin Lopez, his brother, I'm sure they're, you know, egging each other on, trying to get better and better. Robin Lopez actually shoots threes now, which is crazy. So the Bucks are just deep that's for sure lakers at number two obviously lebron has a fire under everyone's butt over there um avery bradley's not playing that's another one uh and he started a lot of games but they're gonna have enough defensive guards to be able to stop uh (laughs) hopefully not stop but give damian lillard problems if they face them in the first round and they got depth they got star power obviously they are right up there as contenders go uh clippers they're, you know, Lakers light. 
Um, they definitely could win a championship. A lot of people has, have them as the favorites. I'll take the Lakers over them. Nuggets are who I have after that. The Nuggets are crazy deep. We've seen it. They they put out a lineup where their shortest player was six foot eight. They're insane. Bull Bull's been wrecking. Um, so yeah, Nuggets are crazy good. Very good playoff teams. That is my next one. I have serious contenders, and I have very good playoff teams. It's the bubble. Anything can happen. Uh, to me, the very good playoff teams are Celtics. They're deep. They got good wings. Um, they got Kemba Walker instead of Kyrie. I'll take that as an upgrade personally. Uh, next is the Heat. Heat have been, you know, they've had six different players come out of nowhere and become like the player of the week basically in the NBA. Uh, and Jimmy Butler's been wrecking for them. I put the Blazers after that. Pretty deep, obviously. Um, at the forward, they're deep. They're deep as far as really good guards and Damon CJ. Uh, I like the Blazers. Obviously, they do not have serious wing defenders or forward defenders. We're going to have to depend on the three-headed beast of Nurk, Whiteside, and Collins to anchor that paint defense. Um, after that, Raptors, Sixers, Jazz. Obviously, all very good teams. Raptors won the championship. 76ers have star power. Uh, Jazz obviously have a very good team, except Boyan Bogdanovich is not playing. So for me, that drops them a couple spots. Um, then I have too many question marks to be taken seriously, which is the Rockets. Like, no real big men. They have Tyson Chandler, which we just talked about, but he's been in the league for 20 years now. Uh, so Rockets... For one, they're a good team, but I just do not see them doing anything serious against the Clippers, Lakers, Bucks, or Nuggets. Um, Pelicans, next, they're a good team, but they're young, and who knows how they do in actual playoff games. Uh, Mavericks, similar. Uh, Luka Doncic is amazing. Showed up to the bubble uh, a little out of shape, so we'll see how that goes. Um, I don't think they're deep enough or, you know, far enough along in their team development and chemistry to be able to go that far in the playoffs. And then they'll, the, they'll get one in the next four or five years, just not, oh, not this year. Yeah. I mean, Luca is next level. I could, I could talk about him for a while. Yeah. So we'll, if he's not a top two or three player four or five years from now, still, cause he's, he's right about there right now. If he's not yeah. that still, then that's going to be a huge disappointment. Cause that, that's what he's looking like. Um, yeah. and then the thunder, they got shade, Shy, Shay Shy, Gilgis Alexander, very good player, very good young guard, very athletic, gets a lot of rebounds and assists. Um, obviously, they have Chris Paul. Team just somehow is still good. I don't understand it. So I don't think they're going to win in the championship or go very far, but they're still a good playoff team. Um, then after that, like I said, Nets are not going anywhere. Pacers probably not going anywhere. Magic, please. Uh, Grizzlies are pretty good. Maybe maybe they could do something to surprise me. I don't know. That's what it's looking like. The the playoff outlook got some serious contenders, some pretty good teams, some too many question mark teams, and some you know other bubble teams who are okay. What do you think? Anything else uh, on your mind going into this regular season and playoff? Yeah, not much. I think that um, I think that injuries. Excuse my French. Injuries are a bitch, and I think that um, it it really did us in this year. Um, That's for sure. <laughs> and uh, it really sucks, man. Because on paper, like our roster is is rear is rearing and gearing to go. Yeah. Like, and it's just not there. Like like Rodney know. Hood is not a star player. I was hoping when he was on the Cavs that that he would take over and be the main guy. Because I've been a big Rodney Hood fan for a while. 
it didn't really work out that way, but on the Blazers, he's shown he is still a very good basketball player who can do really good yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. So, not having Absolutely. him is huge. Not having Ariza. If who, nothing else, like, dude, remember when we couldn't have, like, more than three players hit an actual three-point shot, like, a couple years ago? Yeah. Like, I can't, I, can't, I couldn't tell you exactly what year that was. It was definitely when I was younger. It was, it was... We, we, we talking when, when it was, like, basically Dame and Wes who could hit threes and then... Yeah, you hope yeah, the yeah, 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 absolutely. Like, so, even now, it's like, now the problem we have is, okay, we, we have guys that can shoot that. We don't have guys that can shoot that off the dribble, off the bench. You know what I mean? Yeah, or if yeah. we do, if we do, it's not, you know, in abundance. Yeah, the, you know? the Blazers are in a kind of weird spot. When I play fantasy sports, like fantasy football, I'm like, all right, I need to get enough stars that I know who I'm going to start. Because if you have too much depth, then you don't know who to start, and then it's going to screw you over in when it comes to, you know, Sunday. Um, for the Blazers, they're kind of lacking the depth and they're lacking the star power as far as that goes. With, with Hood back, I think it's going to make a lot more sense it's going to be like all right this is our starting three whether it's Car- carmelo who let's be real is probably going to leave after this season or ariza uh probably coming off the bench and still starting nurk uh sorry collins at the four so we'll have to see how things transpire between now and then um as far as uh, <laughs> blazers facing the grizzlies hopefully in that two-game playoff hopefully they win that and hopefully they go to the playoffs and face the Lakers. If I'm the Lakers, I want to tank. I want to. I would much rather see the potentially lethargic Mavericks than hopefully the rolling with momentum and you know potentially fast Blazers, Pelicans, or Grizzlies. Like even if it's not the Blazers, I probably don't want to see either of those teams either. So if I'm the Lakers, you know maybe I let Anthony Davis, you know, act like he got poked in the eye. No, I'm not saying that's what happened, but uh, ah. <laughs> miss a game or two, you know? Like, maybe that's what the Clippers are doing. They're like, hey, we want to win games, but we don't want to get above the Lakers. So, you know, Lou Williams, if you want to go get some food somewhere, <laughs> yeah. you're welcome hey. to. <laughs> so, yeah, if I'm in the West, I would much rather have the two seed than the one seed as far as that goes. But, yeah, for the most part, every team's just going to be, you know, these scrimmages were scrimmages. The games are going to be real uh teams are gonna want to really get in playoff shape in those eight games so uh something i mentioned before just just briefly uh in our in our scrimmage episode that we did not air because it was terrible uh historically low seeds in nba playoffs to go far the lowest seeded team to ever win the championship was the 95 rockets they were the sixth seed so no eight seed has certainly ever won an nba championship other than that six seed the next lowest was the four seed, 1969 Celtics, which was at the end of their dynasty. So basically every champion is always a one, two, or three seed, like clearly one of the best teams in the league going into the playoffs. The Blazers are hoping to be the first ever eight seed, well, nine seed, to win an NBA championship. Um, the last, uh, the furthest an eight seed has ever gotten was the 99 Knicks. They got to the finals, and they lost to the Spurs. First uh, Spurs championship in their history. They've since won four others. But that was in a lockout-shortened season. So anomalies happen in weird seasons, right? And the Blazers are, you know, everyone recognizes they are not your typical eight seed. They just got two starters back from injury. Um, Obviously, they're missing some other players still, but... Blazers have a shot, and 
I think their chances might be a little better next year, but it's pretty much this year or next year for them. After that, they're going to be locked into too many contracts to really add any talent. So, <laughs> Why is it that I hear that every year? I don't know anything about contracts. Okay money or anything like that with the nba and i feel like every other every couple of years we had some sort of payday where we could have just like it was like a fight i'm sorry we had a fire sale here in the recent years and we got a couple guys made a couple trades made a couple moves but it seems like every other year it's like the blazers oh just so the happens. only way the only way that it well that's that's why i don't like neil o'shea personally like like as a gm like i'm i'm Dude, sure he's, he's a like a guy. degenerate he's, gambler <laughs> The, the thing is, like, Damian Lillard is on the team, and I want him on the team, and I'm glad he's on the team. But he's making about half of the salary cap a couple years from now. So there's not much you can do at that point. They're, they're pretty much in the red already for those seasons. They, they're going to have very little flexibility, let alone with, you know, extending Anthony Simons, Gary Trent, Zach Collins, Nasir Little, like... You're gonna have to pay all those guys. And you know what? And you know what? I will. I won't come at. I won't necessarily come at Dame, even though I was thinking about it. <laughs> I won't come at Ilshay, even though I should. But Gary Trent, Anthony Simons, Nas Little, go get your money. And I'm sure that CJ and Dame would probably actually. Oh, absolutely. The same thing. But it's 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 that's infuriating, man, because. You just you hear all this rhetoric about how Dame is gonna stay in Portland, and oh, he just shoots down all these trade rumors coming up by the blogs and all this stuff. But when you look at the dollars, yeah, in the sense that yeah. doesn't line up, it, that, that doesn't I mean, line up. Don't get me started on that because Russell Wilson, he's this, that, or the other thing, and and I love Russell Wilson, and he, I think he's the best quarterback in the league, other than Patrick Mahomes, but. I'm like, dude, you need some offensive line help, like, now. Like, six, seven, eight years ago. And that might not even be there. That honestly might not even be there. I, and it's all. not. And, and That and, might be... It might be their circle. It might be the that. people in their circle and their advisors telling them, you need this money. You deserve this money. Well, you need this money. We and know it. And, and, and not I, telling you know, them. In, a, in, a, in their shoes, it's like, okay... Do I want this billionaire to have this money, or do I want to have this money that I can supply to causes that I actually care about? You know, obviously, we know that star athletes spend money for the That's not. Well. That's not. You just you just gave it an A and B option. There's a C option, which is the billionaire doesn't yeah. have all of it. Dame has some of it, and a couple yeah. other guys. To, have to the me, other it's like it. I would rather instead of you know let let's let's get hypothetical here. If the option is two hundred. 200 million or 150 million i like i would take 150 million with clauses of i have a say in these kind of matters and these are the guys that i want to get paid like that kind of thing like hey i'll discount you 50 million if if you like give me this that and the other thing to do guess what i mean it's easy for me to say but i do not need 200 million dollars that's for sure um (laughs) like i yeah, and neither does my family. If you want to talk about generational wealth, like, dude, to to compound money, like you really only need like, to like to get money working for you, 
you you need a lot of money to like the average everyday person but like in terms of like a billionaire like you don't need a lot of money to get money yes, working for that's you for sure. if that makes sense like like you could you can still like yeah, I don't know I'm now at this point I'm talking about I'm talking about someone else's money but I, from <laughs> from a fan standpoint I've I've heard more I've heard situations like I think Dwayne Wade taking a pay cut yeah. when LeBron yeah. and, and Bosh came yeah. I heard about that that's what you got to do and yeah. that's a big market and and so what do you got to do if you're right? in a small yeah. market P- people say like oh like LeBron will come to Portland cuz he loves Dame that much like obviously that has no basis in fact but it's like it's a joke okay there's got to be some reciprocation there where you know making it actually happen and saying hey if i want this player to come here here's what i'm going to get paid and i'm not saying that Damian Lillard is not you know worth the money quote unquote but the first law of economics is that resources are scarce and limited and that you have to choose and prioritize how you how you basically well, that's not the word <laughs> how you how you how you yeah. divvy them out um, cuz since the word's not coming to my mind um, allocate yeah. yeah you have to choose how you allocate that money so it's like okay in a perfect world is Damian Lillard worth that much money in my mind and then other guys are worth yeah. that much money too yeah can we do that <laughs> yeah. no so We'll have to see. I have hopes for this season. I have hopefully even more hope for next season. Who knows when that'll start? Yeah, hopefully that's uh, where next I'm at. season starts around Christmas time. We'll see. But anyway, stoked for this NBA restart. I am stoked to be showing up, hopefully on a screen with my face, watching the Memphis Grizzlies game. That's gonna be sick. Um, and yeah, Blazers to win it all. Let's go. Good stuff, dude. Well, hey, while we're approaching the hour mark, Christian, I don't know if you have anything else you want to get off your chest, but uh, go ahead and give us a follow on Instagram uh, at Peeps and Plaid or Twitter Peeps and Plaid. Uh, you can find us on pretty much any major uh, streaming platform, um, whether it be uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I don't, I don't really know how that works, by the way, like Apple Music versus the podcast. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, not much, I'm not much of an Apple guy. But... Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Stitcher. I don't. I've never actually met someone that uses Stitcher, but yeah, you could find us on there. I think so, for sure, for sure. Yeah. And and you're not an Apple guy, you know. I I like bananas. I like peppers. So just <laughs> <Here's> that. <laughs> and if you're an artist in the Portland uh, metropolitan area, or honestly wherever you are, if you're a Portland Trailblazers fan and you'd like to contribute uh, some intro and outro music, go ahead and hit us up. We'll be looking for some new tunes here going forward. Darn right. Shout out Ziggy Zay and Mashoni, and also everyone that has contributed because it is much appreciated. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for joining us on this episode and uh, stay tuned for our next episode following these first couple uh, quote unquote regular season games in Orlando. Let's go. Rip City, baby.